The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. A municipality west of Edmonton has become the latest municipality in Alberta to explore a ban on conversion therapy. Spruce Grove's City Council unanimously passed a motion on Monday night to have city admins prepare a report on options for how to ban the practice. Of course, this follows earlier last month when St. Albert became what is believed to be the first municipality in Alberta to take steps to try to ban conversion therapy. That motion was passed by St. Albert City Council to allow for changing local land land use and business licensing by laws to clarify. So conversion therapy is, quote, neither a permitted nor a discretionary use in any land use classification. We have Dr. Christopher Wells joining us now, an associate professor, Child and Youth Care Program at McEwen University. Doctor, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Great. My, my pleasure. Well, this is certainly an excellent next step. Uh, how are you feeling to hear that another municipality in Alberta is taking these steps? I think it's great. I think we're seeing uh, lots of momentum uh, being gained across uh, the province. I've also heard um, that uh, Rocky Mountain House might be the next one to put forward uh, a motion as well. And I think we're, we're still waiting for, uh, for Calgary to take some action. Chris, uh, why the suddenty around this? Because, I mean, this has been going on for decades and decades. And, and now, it, you know, finally in 2019, municipalities are, are stepping up and making things happen. Well, last year, uh, 2018, uh, Vancouver was the first municipality in, in Canada to amend their bylaws to ban the practice of conversion therapy. And I think here in Alberta, we're, we're seeing uh, municipalities step up because the current provincial government has uh, disbanded the conversion therapy working group and has really left um, a question as to whether it's going to take uh, provincial action uh, on this issue. We also know we're hearing uh, lots of uh, conversation from the federal government about potential changes to the criminal code of Canada. What does that support look like at a federal level? Are they on board with all of this? Well, uh, the federal government just recently sent out uh, a letter to all of the provinces and territories uh, encouraging them to take action on conversion therapy uh, by passing their own legislation. So right now in Canada, Manitoba, Ontario, and Nova Scotia are the three provinces that have legislation in place. Uh, PEI and BC have uh, all made commitments to uh, move forward. And as we know, Alberta is in a bit of a state of uh, limbo, of uncertainty. Um, the uh, federal government, uh, of course, we're coming into an election, so that has uh, some play for sure. Um, putting uh, conversion therapy back on the table. And basically what they want to do is uh, change the criminal code to make it illegal to practice conversion therapy. So no matter if you're practicing that in a church or a basement or out in the community, um, it will be against the law. And, and if you break the law, you could go to jail. Dr. Wells, I know that Edmonton City Council is currently in the works of something along these lines. Where, where is the, the city at with these discussions? So just, um, I think, uh, earlier th- this week or late last week, the city uh, administration issued a report on um, uh, conversion therapy and options within the city of uh, Edmonton. Um, and that will uh, report will be coming forward to a committee of uh, city council uh, next uh, Thursday. So people are invited to contact their city councillors or uh, register to speak at uh, that committee hearing. And uh, it's at that uh, committee we'll see what the next steps uh, are going to be for the city of Edmonton. But uh, I believe there's strong support. Councillor Paquette, who brought forward 
board, uh, this motion uh, remains committed. And I think um, these kinds of opportunities are really gut checks for city councils to uh, to have the opportunity to um, live out the values and the beliefs of our communities. Doctor, this is a question I have to ask, and I know the answer is a tough one to give because it's graphic and it's unfortunate, but... What does conversion therapy look like and just how big of an impact does this have on, on not only the person involved in it, but maybe their, their siblings or other members of their family? It's, a, it's definitely a trickle-down effect. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, conversion therapy has a long, uh, unfortunate uh, history in uh, North America and Canada, and it's ranged from uh, uh, treatments including uh, electric shock therapy, uh, lobotomy, chemical castration. Uh, more of the the more recent uh, forms and methods um, are around talk therapy or aversion therapy. Um, uh, still, sometimes uh, uh, drugs are prescribed as part of the treatment, but at its core, uh, conversion Conversion therapy is simply uh, an attempt to change someone's sexual orientation or their uh, gender identity. And we know that there's no research anywhere um, that proves that um, you can actually change who a person is or who they who they love. Um, so unfortunately, conversion therapy uh, does great damage. It's been compared uh, as a form of uh, psychological torture, and it can lead its victims to have uh, increased anxiety, depression, self-hatred, or uh, even suicide or suicidal thoughts and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, so we know it's not a benign practice. In fact, it's very harmful and it's very dangerous and it needs to stop. Doctor, on a personal level, I mean, it. I, we know what conversion therapy is and then still even just to have you describe it to us time and time again, it's 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 disturbing on a a human level is it shocking to you just just to consider that this is something that we even need to address that this is still something that that in our in areas close to home we need to say this is not okay yeah absolutely and uh, i think most people are shocked to learn that conversion therapy is an actual thing that uh, has been done and that it still exists today and what really uh quite frankly shocked and surprised me was last night um, in Spruce Grove at uh, City Council where Councillor uh, Stevenson, who's uh, supporting this motion, said that uh, six individuals had come forward in her own community and spoke to her saying that they had undergone conversion therapy. Um, so to think that this kind of barbaric practice is still happening and is happening in our communities here in Alberta is is really unimaginable. And uh, I commend uh, city councillors and uh, our leaders who want to take action to stop it. And doctor, are you able to provide insight on where, like it's it's not as if there's there's a location that's advertising it's a conversion therapy center, right? Like where where are these these typically taking place? You're right. You can't really walk down in 2019, you know, Main Street, Alberta, and find someone, um, you know, offering their services um, to, uh, you know, convert or change a person. Uh, because, quite frankly, they would lose their license to practice because all of the major psychological and uh, counseling uh, organizations in the world have condemned conversion therapy as unscientific and unethical and harmful. So what happens is it's mostly underground, and, and unfortunately, it's still largely found within some faith communities and cultural communities who believe that there's something wrong with being an LGBTQ person, that you're broken, you're disordered, or you're sinful, um, you know, and, and it's often been called now, pray away the gay, um, and uh, it's ranged from uh, things like um, talk therapy to all the way to extreme as uh, exorcisms, where believing that gay and lesbian people are possessed by demons.
Chris, you also hold the title of uh, Canada Research Chair for the Public Understanding of Sexual and Gender Minority Youth at McEwen. Is this something going forward in, in your years as a professor that, that you're going to, to teach to students and make them understand just how far things have come? Yeah, absolutely. We, we you know, uh, we need to make sure that um, people know the history uh, in our country and and the history and the treatment of LGBTQ people. It was very important, um, you know, within the past year, where the Prime Minister of Canada stood up in the House of Parliament and issued an apology to LGBTQ Canadians, and really began that process uh, of healing, and also issued uh, compensation for victims who, at the hands of the government, uh, were fired from their jobs, who were sent away to be fixed or or repaired and we know what kind of uh, damage that does but unfortunately you know in our k-12 schools we still don't talk about lgbtq people we don't talk about lgbtq history it's as though they've been written out of the curriculum and you know that's a problem because that leads that invisibility and silence leads to ongoing discrimination so you know at the university level we want to make sure that every professional is equipped with um, accurate information and knowledge and the skills to uh, you know meet the needs of uh, their clients or their patients and of course lgbtq people will be a part of uh, the people that they uh, interact with and they serve so they should know what those realities are and how to best support them heading back to the discussion of the municipalities passing these these motions is there do you get a sense of urgency that's happening to to implement these bylaw changes yeah, I think as more and more people become aware of conversion therapy and, and again, its harms and dangers, um, you know, people want to take action and they, they want to signal that these are not values that our community will support. Uh, we want our community to be a, a welcoming and inclusive, um, uh, affirming community that supports uh, diversity and difference. And uh, I find it really heartening that there are so many leaders that are willing to stand up and take action, you know, on this, because at the end of the day, we get the communities that we're willing to build. So if people aren't willing to speak out and take action, then these kinds of discriminatory practices will continue to exist in the shadows. And uh, unfortunately, they, they really target some of our most vulnerable people, namely our youth. Chris, I like to think that over you know the last few years, some major strides have been made uh, in regards to apologies to the LGBTQ community and and things to to make things better for the community itself. And uh, by that, I mean the apologies issued by the Calgary Police Service to the treatment of the community this year. Uh, Edmonton Police Service Chief Dale McPhee coming out and apologizing. Randy Boissonneau uh, also trying to. Uh, reduce the period to donate blood for for the community as well. What else can we expect going forward? What else needs to be done? Yeah, you know, those are all important steps forward. And in fact, it's quite remarkable to, um, you know, look at the gains over the last 50 years. Here in 2019, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots, which was really the first time that the LGBT community fought back and fought for its rights uh, to be safe and to be free from uh, persecution and violence. But, you know, the reality is when we look around the world, LGBTQ rights are slipping backwards. You know, the, the United States under President Trump have stripped away important protections, particularly for transgender uh, individuals. Um, so we still have a lot of work to do here in Canada. The LGBTQ community is one of the most uh, frequently target, targeted victims of hate crimes. And of all the hate crimes that are committed in Canada, they're the most violent in nature. It's not one stab wound, it's 40 stab wounds where people are not even seen as people, but simply as objects to be uh, destroyed. So we absolutely, we still have a lot of work to do, whether it's uh, in our schools, 
Bill 8, passed by the UCP government uh, for the first time ever, stripped away um, important protections and supports for LGBTQ youth in schools. So come September, we don't know what some schools will be like, if they'll be allowed to have gay straight alliances or not, if students and teachers will feel safe to be themselves. So um, sometimes, you know, we, we take two steps forward and it seems like we take uh, one big step backwards. Christopher Wells, Associate Professor, Child and Youth Care Program at McEwen University, and always striving to take two steps forward. Thanks for joining us, Doctor. My pleasure. Thanks for the conversation.